What's up, coaches? This Friday and Saturday, the 26th and 27th, RTP is going to be at the DFW Coaches Clinic. They're going to set us up in a nice semi-quiet area. Let us talk to you coaches. We'd love for you guys to come by. We want to learn as much as we can while we're there, and we'd love to put you on the podcast. So um, if you're in the DFW Coaches Clinic and you're in the area, stop by. Come visit the clinic. I went last year. It was amazing. Uh, Come learn from some high school coaches and come visit us. We are really excited that the paperwork is officially in and we can finally announce that we are now sponsored by Amazon's audiobook website, Audible. Audible has worked with us and is giving our listeners one month of their subscription site and an audiobook of your choice absolutely free of charge. All you have to do is go to rtpbook.com and sign up for Audible. It will give you an audiobook and a free month subscription upon sign up, and every month after you get one audiobook credit for $14.95 a month. However, you can cancel at any time in the first month and still get to keep the audiobook as a gift from them. Audible has top-selling audiobooks that are great for coaches, like Bill Walsh's The Score Takes Care of Itself, Urban Meyer's Above the Line, Alex Kirby's The Big Book of Belichick, Tony Dungy's Uncommon, and many other big-name titles. Me and Walls are both getting signed up for Audible, and we'll keep you guys updated on the books we're listening to. Again, go to rtpbook.com to get your free audiobook and a month subscription that you can cancel at any time. That's rtpbook.com. Also, we now have two designs available at our RTP store, available as t-shirts, long sleeves, and hoodies. Our newest design is a cardboard sign that has Will Block for Food in Sharpie lettering, inspired by my days in Houston. Check out under the store tab at runthepower.com. This episode of the podcast is also brought to you by Team Attack Academy. Team Attack Academy is an online football development site for football players and coaches of all levels. It is the most powerful teaching tool introduced into the game today to raise the level of playing and coaching football. After using Team Attack Academy, your athletes and coaches will outplay, outwork, and outsmart their opponents, guaranteed. Go check them out at teamattackacademy.com. On this episode of RTP, we talk with Coach Adam Gaylor. Coach Gaylor is a defensive coordinator at Mustang High School in Mustang, Oklahoma. Coach Gaylor is one of the best defensive coaches in America. He has coached at both the college and high school level. Coach Gaylor has a vast knowledge of all defenses, having run both 3-4 and 4-2-5 defenses with a variety of coverages and pressures. You won't find many coaches that love talking ball more than Coach Gaylor. In this episode, we talk about building relationships with players and holding them accountable, the current trends in defense and pressure, defensive practice scenarios, film breakdown and study, and having a productive presence on Twitter as a coach. You can follow Coach Gaylor on Twitter, at Coach Adam Gaylor. Hope you guys enjoy. Big Freak Nasties, what's up? Coach Gaylor, what's up, man? What's up, brothers? Yeah, this is the the original freak nasty is now on the podcast. We're officially Whatever, we're officially official. <laughs> What's up, guys? Not a lot, man. We're we're just trying to we're trying to get our uh, our podcast a little bit darker. Some dark side defense over here. It definitely got darker, brother. I don't know. I don't know how how uh, uh, intellectually fulfilling it will be for everybody, but uh, it certainly de- it it definitely got dark, brother. <laughs> I don't think I don't think the the whole time I'm going to be able to call you uh, Adam. I think you just have to be Coach Gaylor forever. That's fine. That's I don't fine. think it hey, works. Listen, I don't think it works like that. When, when you're the, when, when you're, you're an old man, man like me, there's there's 
dude, there's guys like you and Alex and guys that I've coached, you know, that are, that are now coaches. And it's like, you know, they're men, they've got families and things. It's like, man, I am old. I am, way, <laughs> I am way old. <laughs> you were, you were the young guy when I was playing, it seemed like. I was a whippersnapper of the staff. Yeah. That was, that, it was, uh, that was many, many moons ago, but yeah, that's what I was, I was telling, um, uh, I was talking to my wife earlier. We're talking about being on here and, and just talking about how, man, it just seems like yesterday. I remember you as a, let's see, when I first got there, you were what, a freshman or a sophomore? Yeah, a sophomore. Yeah. I mean, and I, and I knew you from, you know, being around you, but I knew, I knew you from your dad, you know, I knew your dad because he played football with my brother. And so, I mean, he, he remembered, you know, I knew your dad when I was, you know, puppy puppy. I was like 12, 13 years old. My brother was at, at Tulsa. So, uh, we go way back, but yeah, it's crazy, man. That's uh, uh, one of the uh, one of the reasons why I coach guys like you, great family men, you know, great guys that are just you know outstanding football coaches, but great men. So uh, very, very proud of you. I get a, I get a, a rowdy update quite a bit from Coach Wilkinson. From Coach um, Wilk, he uh, he's Coach, coach Wilk uh, thinks you're a pretty darn good coach. So. That says a lot, man. If he's if he's dealing out some uh, compliments to you, so. <laughs> well, I appreciate it from him, but um, I got to let you know. I think he's a little mad that that you got on the podcast before he did. That's hey, listen, dude. That's bragging rights right there. I appreciate that. That goes a long way, Rowdy, right there. And, I think, uh, I think it is. Our little group mess. Our little group message that we have with with uh, me and Coach Dunn and uh, him and uh, Coach Wojo and and. Um, uh, Coach Dunn's brother, Mike Dunn, uh, that will go a long way. That, that gives me uh, uh, a lot of street cred right there. Can I say street cred? Am I, I'm almost 40. I don't know if I can say street cred. Oh, of course. Street, street cred, it, it, it always <laughs> lasts, man. It, that stuff's always in always in phase. Um, dude, hey, it, Gaylor, it wasn't, even, it wasn't even comparison. It was automatic. It was both Rowdy and Wall's call. The first one's going to be Gaylor, so – you could you could tell Wilk right now you you were you were number one the whole time. Perfect, that's awesome. That's uh, uh, like I said, dude. That's that's huge, man. That goes a long way. <laughs> well, while we're still on the Wilk uh, talk, we we always make fun of him because you guys uh, call him Jazz. I told him we were going to figure out why why you guys call them Jazz, and I think it's kind of leaked into our vernacular a little bit, and he doesn't like it coming from us as much as you guys. Well. The first time Coach Dunn and um, Coach Garner, Mark Garner, called him Jazz, and so it just kind of stuck. And I don't know if it's if it's from his Union days um, when he was with with Coach Garner. I don't know if it was UCO days when he was with Coach Dunn. I don't know, but he they just you know they started calling him Jazz, and so everybody you know it was Jazz or Jazzy or you know, and so uh, yeah, I don't know how fond of it he is, but uh, it's it's certainly stuck. So did Wilkinson coach for like basically the Mount Rushmore of all Oklahoma high school coaches? Oh my gosh! I mean, he yeah. had Trimble, he had Blank, he had Spav. I mean, who would be the fourth one on there? Because obviously, he had to work for another one. Probably himself, right? I mean, so it would, would be, be Jazz, the, right? It would be Jazz himself. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you know, uh, yeah, he's you know he's he's been around some uh, uh, some good balls, so uh, great coaches, you know. So that's. Um, you know, I learned a lot working with him the, the three years at Broken Arrow. And, um, you know, more importantly, we've got a lasting um, friendship and relationship. And, 
um, you know, when we were there, his kids played with mine and, you know, my kids, you know, played with his. And so we just, um, just an incredible man. And, uh, but as far as football goes, I, I, from an offensive perspective and being able to bounce questions off of him, um, you know, asking about protections and what gives you issues and, um, coverages and, and vice versa. I mean, it was, um, it was football one-on-one every day in there. It was, it was some of the funnest time I've ever had as a coach, just because, I'm a I'm a I'm a football I'm an X and O nerd you know that's that's besides my family that's the only kind of pastime I have you know the guys here at Mustang kind of give me a hard time about you know not having a life a social life and I really don't I mean it's it's uh it's pretty sad but it's um you know it's uh my family and I've got two young ones and they're involved in in activities and and uh, and uh, my wife and um you know live for the weekends and things like that but you know in my spare time I'm watching film or trying to get a playbook or this or that. So those, those few years there at Broken Arrow when, when, uh, when Coach Wilk was there, it was, it was awesome just because it was on a daily basis, whether it was, you know, August or um, the middle of February when nothing was going on. It was, you know, always um, thinking about football, talking ball, and, and, and kind of hashing that out on the board. So that was, that was a fun time for me. I find it really interesting. You know, there's certain coaches that they split up, they go their own ways um, to go coach, you know, different places. You know, like me and Walls, Walls went off, but uh, we're obviously obviously still pretty close um, doing this po- podcast and stuff. But you are as well. Uh, like you said, with Coach Wilkinson and Coach Dunn and, and some of those, Coach Gower, how does what, – what do you think causes certain coaches to um, gravitate towards each other, even though maybe they coach against each other certain years? Yeah, I think it's just a, um, um, you know, just similar interests. You know, all of those guys, you know, Ty was a young coach when we hired him. Um, and so he kind of, um, you know, kind of, um, he didn't learn everything from us, but he just kind of learned how to do things, um, you know, from being in the office with us and, and kind of listening to how uh, Jay and Steve and, you know, Tyler Cade was another one that was, that was there um, the last couple of years. Um, just kind of how we, you know, how we talked ball, you know, how to get on the board and we would argue and um, watch film and, you know, we'd sit in there and watch film together in the off season with the offensive guys, with Jay especially. Um, and so it's just, I think there's similar interests. You know, we were all just kind of X and O nerds. I mean, you know, um, they had um, college background. I had college background. Um, and so I, I think it's just, um, you know, not that you should necessarily have to have that, but, uh, you know, I was a GA, Coach Gower was a GA, um, Dunno, uh, Coach Dunn was a GA, you know, so all of us kind of had, you know, similar backgrounds and, and kind of similar philosophies and, and beliefs on on structure offensively and defensively. And so, um, and uh, and like I said earlier, they're kind of like me. They're kind of like, you know, they're, they're film nuts. You know, they're kind of film nerds. You know, they like to, on a Friday night instead of, you know, going out and, and, and doing a lot of stuff or whatever. I like to sit here and hang out with my family and my kids go to bed and then I'll, I'll pull up huddle and, um, you know, I'll, I'll watch, um, um, trying to, uh, I got some UCF offense. I'll probably watch tonight. That's probably the latest film I got. Um, and so that's just, I mean, it's, it's kind of a, uh, you know, just kind of, kind of who we were and who we are. And, and, but also, you know, we had a relationship there where we just got along, you know, we all had similar interests, you know, listen to the same music and, all had similar, you know, personalities and all had, um, um, you know, kind of the same, um, you know, just similar type guys, you know, all, all around the same age. I know Coach Wilkes a little bit older. I don't want to mention that, you know, to uh, to offend him, get him too fired up. But uh, for the most part, we were, you know, we listened to 
to rock and similar music genres and, and had similar interests. So I think that's a, that's a big part of it, but also just talking football, you know, anytime I talk to, to Steve or, or even Ty, you know, I don't like to divulge too much, um, being on the, on the other side, but, um, you know, or, and, and with Jay is, you know, anytime we talk, we talk X and O's probably, um, every other time we, we have a, any kind of, whether it's a text or a phone conversation, um, we talk football quite often. So I think that's a big part of it. I remember the first time I, I met you guys, I think it would have been like seven on seven in the, in the summertime. And I, I remember you and, and Dunno, you know, to begin with, but I mean, the, the juice and the energy you guys had, I'm kind of like, yeah, this, this is why I moved to, to Oklahoma. You know, football's a, a little bit more serious than where I was coming from. But I know you, you like to, to coach dudes with a lot of juice. You know, you, you coach kids really, really hard. But every single kid that, that I've ever talked to about Coach Gaylor, they just love you. So maybe, maybe expound about that, you know, a little bit about your coaching style and, and you know, how much you, you enjoy pushing kids to that next level. Well, I know, you know, that's how I wanted to be coached. I remember coming up as a, as a player. I mean, that's always guys that influenced me were guys that coached hard um, and coached me hard. You know, they, they wanted to, they wanted the most out of me and, and my teammates, et cetera, et cetera. But that was, that's how I wanted to be coached. I wanted guys that, you know, they were, when I did something well, they're going to be the first guy to come over there and, and put their arms around me. Um, you know, and they're also going to be the first guy to come over there and, and get in my face and get after me a little bit and, and, you know, tell me, you know, help me, tell me what I did wrong, but understand, do it with a sense of urgency. And I need to understand the importance of what I did wrong and, and how I need to correct it. But, um, you know, Bray, you guys do a great job too. You, know, you and Dub kind of coach, you know, you're talking about me and Dono. You guys at, at Jinx did a great job, and you guys kind of coached offense the same way we did. So uh, a lot of mutual respect there because I thought you guys did a great job in the way you coached your kids a lot of the same ways. Um, you know, but I, I, it's just I, – Coach Patterson, Dale Patterson, told me when I was a young coach working at NEO, he said, you, you know, you have to be yourself as a coach, you, you know, because if not, your kids will see through it. The other guys you're going to work with will see through it. So you always have to coach to your personality. You have to – you know, you have to – you know – yourself and so I, I that's just who I am I, I you know and, and especially on defense and I know you know you guys are O-line guys and you know O-line guys are kind of compared to, to defensive guys just because of the um, um, you know you gotta you gotta get after your guys offensive linemen just by nature aren't the most fired up ready to go out there and practice every single day guys and so you kind of have to get after them and coach them with a certain you know a certain attitude O-line guys O-line coaches aren't the nicest guys to their players and that's just kind of the way that defensively it's kind of the same way you know every defensive staff or every defensive um guy i've ever been around that that's any good it's kind of the same way you know we're kind of um uh we're kind of halfway nuts borderline nuts especially when we step inside the line so that's you know um you know some guys you know um say it's an act or anything but i think it's just the enthusiasm and the passion you have because you want to see you, you understand that that's the way you have to coach on defense. You have to coach hard. You have to coach, you know, you, you're, you're, you have to coach hard and coach with energy and enthusiasm because that's the way you want your guys to play. I mean, you have, you have to, you have to teach them how to run to the ball. And so I think in, you know, how you coach and, and, and the, the things that you, um, you know, demonstrate as a coach, that's the way your kids are going to, you know, they're going to be like, man, coach coaches hard. I better play hard. And so, I think if you want them to play hard, you've got to coach, you know, to that level and, um, you know, and demand that out of them. But you know, the biggest thing is, is you want to see your kids be successful. You know, I, I want, I want our guys to be successful, not because of me, but 
but I want them to be successful. And I love, um, you know, I just love being around young guys and, 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 you know, it kind of keeps me youthful. My wife says I'm almost 40, but I'm, um, you know, forever 17. And, and these guys, um, you know, guys like Rowdy when he was a pup and, um, and the guys I have now that are, you know, sophomores, juniors, and seniors are, they kind of keep me youthful. They kind of keep me, you know, they kind of keep me juiced up and, and, uh, and keep me young, so to speak. And, um, you know, with, without them, I, it, you know, I, I look at them as an extension of my family, you know, guys like Rowdy and, and the other guys that, that, have, that have played for me. I, I feel like, um, you know, they're an extension of my kids and, and I know how I want my kids to be coached. And, um, you know, I, w- I would want, I want their coaches to take care of them. And so I'm going to take care of my guys, take care of my kids. And, um, you know, that's, that's, that's a big part of it is I'm very passionate about, um, about their success. I want them to be successful. I want them to see, you know, the ability that they have. And when they do things right, when they do things hard, they do things with great effort and they do it consistently, just how, um, how great they can be. No, you're, you're right, coach. And, and coach Walls is right when he said, you know, and I, I went through it. I was, you know, not directly coached by you, but you were one of my coaches and, um, you know, you coach guys probably hardest of, of anyone on the team. And uh, to say that, you know, almost now you got to be careful saying that. But um, it was truly a good thing. I mean, every kid that, that you hear of that was coached by you now would do anything for you. And those were guys that some of them you were you were the toughest on. And the kids just loved it and ate it up. And, um, you know, I, I learned even I had, I think, junior, senior year, I got in a, a little scuffle with the with some defensive players. <laughs> I was walking off I remember. the field. And, and I was walking off the field and you know, you put your arm around me, you said, Hey man, I know you're you know, you you guys got into it in practice, but just know that uh, as soon as you get off the football field, you know, you guys are you guys are brothers again and uh, all that stuff stays on the field. And that's you know, that might not even be something anymore that, that you you know you gotta be careful saying stuff like that, I guess now, but that was something that stayed with me in the college. You know, one of the most beneficial things for me to ever hear as a high school player was, you know, what it is going to get heated with your teammates and stuff. But when you when you get back into the locker room, your teammates again, and uh, that was one of the the best things. You know, some of the st- uh, stuff that's tough to tell players are sometimes some of the best things and things that they need to hear the most. Yeah, I mean, and I remember that day actually, Rod. Right? It was uh, was it during inside run? Yeah, it was. Them? Uh, by the press box side, I believe, yeah. So, I, yeah, I, I vividly remember that. Um, you're, you're exactly right, you know, talking about, um, you know, that – especially, I mean, not that – I don't want to be that old fogey guy, that old fogey coach. It's like, oh, you know, kids nowadays are different because they're not. I mean, they're, they have different influences and circumstances change, but they're not that different from, like, when you were, you know, in high school. You know, I don't think they're that much different than when me or Coach Walls, I know Coach Walls is a little bit younger than me, but when, when we were in high school, it's just, it's just you know, different. But, I, I, you know, they need, they need that. Life's hard, and life's not fair a lot of times. And um, if you can make it through playing at Broken Arrow High School or Jinx High School or Mustang High School or – um, you know, some of the other great high school places around here with, with great coaches, you can make it through life because, the, you know, not only the coaches, they, they teach you things, you learn things from your coaches, but also, I mean, you learn how to, you know, if sometimes you mess up and sometimes you get, you know, your, your, your coach tells you what you did in a, in a, in a very 
firm and direct way just because that's the way the game is. And so when you get out into the real world and boss boss calls you into the uh, you know into their office and they you know he or she tells you you know you, you know you need to do this better. You know I mean that's a that's easy compared to you know missing uh you know, missing a block and inside run or, you know, uh, falling off the double team on, on power too fast and coach walls and coach Harper are, 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 uh, are hammering you. I mean, that's, you know, so I think, you know, that, that says a lot, but, um, you know, that's the other thing too. What you said is, you know, I am hard on, on, on our guys, um, as far as, you know, you coach them hard cause that's the way it is, but I love the heck out of them. And, and, I, and I think our guys know that the guys that I've coached know that because, I do spend time with them in the locker room. I will put my arm around them after practice and, and say, Hey man, you had a good day or hey, it wasn't it wasn't our day today, but let's you know, the great thing about football is there's always tomorrow. All right. Or the wasn't our best game tonight, but there's always next Friday. And so, you know, I, I think I do try to make it you know, I I learned that too is <clears throat> coach that was another thing Coach Patterson always talked about was as soon as practice is over, don't go directly into the coach's office. You need to, you know, make your way through the locker room and not be you know, not shake everybody's hand but go through there and, and see a couple guys and um just tell them good job or you know hey we're gonna go get them you know tomorrow or you know whatever but um those guys need to in order for them to play hard for you um you know they got to understand that that you're in it with them too that you care about them that you uh um you know there, there's there's a certain level of um you know of love there i mean because I, I love my guys you know that's just the way it is you spend too much time with them and and are around them too much not to. And so um, those guys need to understand it. Um, and so, I, I, you know, I try to make that effort, and I hope guys that I've coached understand that. I think a majority of them do that, um, you know, I'm invested in them. You know, I understand we ask a lot of them and a lot, ask a lot, um, you know, for them to invest in, in, in you know, in, in the program and, um, you know, put a lot of time and effort away from their families as well. And so they need to understand just how invested um, you are as a coach and in them personally. That is one of the best parts I think about football is like you said, once you get out of it, um, you realize how much easier some parts of real life is uh, compared to football. And you go to, you know, what I would call a real job. And, you know, you hear all, you hear a bunch of, of your, the other employees complaining about things and you think, Oh, this was really easy. Or they say, man, yeah. that boss really chewed you, chewed you out. And you said, oh, no, they didn't. They barely said anything to me, you know. And those people have yeah, exactly. to me like no idea. But it was preparing me, my, you know, my whole life playing football for it to be easy in life. A little bit different than when uh, Coach Lancaster called you over and had a, you know, had a uh, conversation with you That's about exactly something right. you did wrong. That's a little bit different, <laughs> yeah. Coach Gaylor, I was going to say, you know, some of the things I used to see too, and, you know, Coach Harper had, had written a couple of these things down, and it was so true. You know, you guys were one of the first high school staffs I saw to kind of give, you know, kids shout outs and stuff on Twitter. You guys, you know, you, you'd had a, a Twitter presence online and, and you still have that today. So, you know, a lot of the kids that are getting scholarships or kids that are going on to do other things, you know, even at old places you'd coached, you, you still see that strong bond you have with those guys and you're giving those guys shout outs, man. Hey, congrats. I'm so proud of you. Proud of your family. You know, I, I think that stuff goes a long way, too. But I thought it was pretty cool that, you know, you and Coach Coach Wilk were some of the first dudes on Twitter that I'd seen. Yeah, and that was kind of new to me. You know, I kind of – I think I got on it like 2011, something like that. Um, but I, I had no social media up to that point. I, um, I didn't have a Facebook, still don't have a Facebook. 
my wife usually keeps me up to date on any kind of Facebook happenings or anything like that. Um, and so I was kind of new to it and, um, uh, Dunno had one, Coach Wilk had one and, um, they're like, Hey, get one. I'm like, yeah, I don't, you know, I don't care about that. I don't, I don't do all that. And, and they're like, no, dude, it's awesome. There's a lot of information on there. There's a lot of, um, you know, there's a lot of football stuff on there. There's, you know, there's, there's different, um, Twitter pages with that, that football coaches have. And, you, you know, um, you can trade film with guys, playbooks. And so they start talking about that. I'm like, okay, I'm in, but you know, that's a, a way that, I mean, I, I still get, you know, guys that I coached at Wagner, you know, gosh, 14, 14 years ago now, 15, uh, 13 years ago. Um, you know, I still get, you know, the occasional, you know, I don't have their number, but I'll get either a direct message or they'll, they'll tweet at me and, and say, Hey coach, how's it going? Or they'll respond to something I had put on there before. And so, um, it's just a cool way that way to, to keep up with them. Um, but you know, it's, it's those relationships and you guys know what I'm talking about. Those relationships you build, whether it be at, you know, at Broken Arrow, at Westmore, at Wagner, at NEO, at UCO or, or Mustang, you know, it's, um, you know, those relationships you build with those kids are, are strong. And so when they are, um, you know, when they are successful uh, and have good things happen for them, they get offers or they, you know, they, they win, you know, they, they make all state or whatever, you know, you are proud of them. You may not be coaching them. You might be, you know, during that season, you may have competed against them. Like, you know, when we played you guys at Broken Arrow, I won, I went to Westmore, you know, that was, it was tough, but I was glad to see those guys be successful because I'd seen them since they were, um, you know, since they were, you know, real pups uh, you know a couple of them when they were you know in middle school so to see those guys be successful and have success and then individual success it's just it's awesome and those guys you know it, it's important for me to um to let those guys know that i still care about them and that and then when those good things happen to them like that that it's you know it's a um i still feel like it's a um you know i i feel a, a, a great deal and I'm, I'm extremely happy for them you know i don't want them to think that just because i'm gone it's you know, it's it's out of sight, out of mind because that's, you know, um, that's not the way I'm. You know, I'm 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 wired at all. You know, it's, I, I care about all our kids and, um, you know, all the guys that I've coached. You know, I've had you know, whether it be Ryan Alger or, you know, Garrett Kilpatrick or uh, DeAndre Thomas or, you know, Archie Bradley or Rowdy Harper. You know, I I, I I've always had really really tight relationships with those guys and. Um, even the ones I haven't had just outstanding, just close relationships with, I, you know, still want to give those guys credit because I know them, you know, and have been around them and, um, you know, still feel happy for them. So, yeah, Twitter's kind of changed, um, you know, with I, I think it's evolved in a good way with all the football chats and things like that. But it was for me, it was a cert, it was certainly new. Um, you know, there were, I, I didn't know uh, when I first got on there, man, it was just like, I was looking at music stuff and football stuff. And, you know, I'd follow ESPN or, you know, I would, I would ask Jay or Dunno, I do, I follow these famous people. And they're like, dude, no, you know, there's, you know, unless you just want to see what they put or whatever, that's fine. But, um, and so it was, it was kind of like a new territory for coach Gaylor. It was like a new toy. So, uh, shortly thereafter, uh, I think it was about a year or so my, uh, after that my wife got on there because she didn't even have one of those. So I felt like I was kind of cool and hip at the time. And, um, you know, uh, she she finally got on board. And so we kind of play this uh, this fun game of, of tweeting back and forth certain things at each other. So that's uh, that always makes uh, uh, the evenings interesting. Have you ever gotten in trouble uh, on Twitter because uh, she said something and you didn't like it? <laughs> no, uh, no. Anything she says is always, 
I mean, you, you never, I mean, I would never, never, uh, ever do that. Uh, but, uh, no, it's, it's always, it's always just kind of tongue in cheek stuff or her giving me a hard time about, you know, I think I put a picture of us, um, of when we were engaged or when we were married. I was, I think it was when we were engaged and I had a choker necklace on and it kind of almost went, it went like viral amongst my coaching friends. Um, because they were like, Oh my God, dude, you know, it was, it was the leather choker from like Abercrombie or American Eagle. And, and I'm like an old fart now. So it was and our kids, you know, saw it and they gave me a hard time about it. So <laughs> like, Oh, coach Gator, I can't believe you wore stuff like that. And I'm like, guys, I know it was, you know, it was, you know, 2003, 2004. It was just, a, it was a different time. Guys. It, was, <laughs> it was a different time, but, uh, uh, yeah, we, we usually, Kenzie and I usually have fun going back and forth and, um, you know, now her brother's on there, even her, even my father-in-law, her dad's on there. And so, um, it, 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 we have a good time, uh, shooting different stuff back and forth to each other on there. That's great. Um, I, I just asked that because I know I've gotten in trouble for that before. Um, not, not liking the right, <laughs> not, not liking stuff that should have been like, well, here's and, what I, and they get in trouble for it. Yeah. You always, yeah, you gotta be leery about that. And I always, if it's anything involved with her and even if it's something that I'm like, you know, do I want, you know, is it, you know, is, is this too risque for me? You know, like, a, oh, there was a, a I was going to retweet this Allison Chains video, Rooster, uh, that one of, this, uh, one, of these, uh, 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 one of these Twitter sites that I follow. And it shows like, I mean, it shows, um, you know, it's obviously like Hollywood makeup and things like that, but it shows, um, uh, you know, some pretty bloody scenes. And so I'm like, eh, you know, better. So I asked my wife, she's like, uh, no, definitely not. So I was like, good idea. That's what you're there for. So any kind of questionable thing, I always, I always refer to, to Ken's just to kind of get the thumbs up or thumbs down. Cause she's, uh, she's got a pretty good, uh, a pretty good feel for it. Yeah. It's probably uh, probably a good call. Um, hey, when, when we were at broken arrow, uh, I was playing and, and you were coaching. Um, I think you were, you were, you know, more of a, a forefront when, when I was there, um, from what I can remember. Again, I was only in high school and didn't know much then, but it seemed like we were more of a forefront. And then uh, the few years I've, I've played you more recently um, as a coach, you seem to, you know, have gone to a little bit more three-front at times, and, and you're obviously really multiple, but um, have gone to more of a three-front. What, what was kind of the reasoning that you've shifted to that? Um, is, it, is it kids? you know, the kids that you have, or is it more offense, a, a the way offense part of it, is going? I think both. I mean, a big part of it's personnel. You know, when I went to Westmore, um, my second year, we had some more, um, you know, we had better depth at, at D-line. Um, but my first year, we had, you know, we, we were real thin up front. And so we wanted to have the flexibility to, um, you know, to play, you know, to play base technique up front and, um, but also, you know, have the ability to slant and, and get to one gap defense. And so it kind of gives you the best. I mean, a lot of times, you know, now we play a little bit more, you know, not true two gap, but we'll play some, um, you know, like some mirror read stuff up front where, you know, the fours are B gap players and those guards, are, you know, a backside A gap player. We were good enough, you um, know, at Broken Arrow, Coach Cade, my last year there, we we ran some true two gap stuff out of we did it out of a four man front, but we did it with two two techniques, and it was it was just because he was such a great teacher, and it was it was really cool, good stuff, great versus zone. But um, 
you know, a lot of times we get to single gap and get to a four down, four down ish um, type appearance by, by, you know, bringing a fourth rusher. And so um, it gives you personnel was number one. Um, number two is, it's kind of like you were just talking about offensively, the way things, it just gives you, you can, it's, it's easy to adjust, you know, um, you can still get to a four man rush, but if you have the ability to drop eight now, and so it gives you a lot of coverage flexibility, it gives you a lot of, um, variations coverage wise that are not, you know, you're not installing a brand new coverage, you know, you can, um, you can you can do some different things like on the back side of three by one with that weak outside linebacker you know you can you can walk him out on the x receiver and we call it walk we can, you can walk him out on the x and and play like cover two with him in the corner and so it allows you to you can still put you know play uh you know push the free safety to number three vertical and do some different things over there to three by one so just it gives you a lot of you know a lot of uh uh, flexibility and, and your balance so your pressures are, are easy you know it's just mirrored pressures um, you know if you're in fours and a zero um, so it's it, the blitz games um, easy you know if you ever get in trouble like last year our outside linebackers were very similar so we ended up not even flipping usually we, we would have like a our jack backer who's the weak or the boundary outside linebacker he was more like a at Westmore and even um, my first year at Mustang was more of like a, a hybrid. You know, uh, we could get into a four down, and he could be the six technique over a tight end. But also, he was athletic enough to um, to play in a, in a in a true two point and, and play in space and things like that. And last year, we just they were both true. You know, they were they were shorter than you know, like five ten. You know, one hundred seventy five, one hundred eighty pounds, and and athletic. But you know, they couldn't really play over a tight end as far as playing a six. So. Um, we ended up not flipping. We ended up playing right and left and, um, uh, you know, kind of liked it. You know, it kind of gave us some, um, you know, we, we didn't have to flip as far as, um, you know, when you get tempo offenses and they're, and they're fastballing you, um, you know, it, it makes it really easy. You don't have to worry about, you know, where the shade is or where you three technique, things like that. You're a balanced front and get the call in and, and rock and roll. So it just, it made operating a lot easier too, you know, and, um, with, with even with, with us when we were four down and we were you know we were one word told us what to call in the coverage or um, you know what the what the front and the coverage or the movement and the, um, you know the blitz was all with one word um, you know it, it, still yet you know in a four down front if you play you know two I or shade and a three you want those guys placed in a certain way you know you want the three to the back versus this set or you want you know, the two eye to the back in this set, or you want the, the three technique to the tight end if there's an attached tight end. So, um, you know, with this, it gives you a little bit more flexibility. You don't feel as rushed to, you know, to get the, get the call in and make sure those guys can call the front ride and, um, you know, get the, get the three technique where you want it and et cetera, et cetera. But I still like, you know, we still play quite a bit of four down. Last year, we didn't play as much of it. We had to personnel it. So, um, we didn't play as much of it as we did the year before because, like I said, we had more of a – our jack backer was was uh, strong enough and athletic enough to, to play a six technique, and he could play a down uh, a down guy as well as playing, you know, on a two-point and, uh, and playing coverage and, and playing in space. So um, when you have those guys, it's really good because you can really – without having a personnel, you can, you can get into both, you know, and so that way it gives – you know, obviously you don't know if you're going to get – you know, odd or even from one snap to the next. Coach, I know you, you want, you've already said it, you know, you're kind of a, a film buff. 
Um, what are some of the, the biggest innovations and changes you've kind of seen in defense over the past few years? You know, the, the switch in the last couple of years to, uh, you know, heavy odd front, even in high school, you know, and, and in, you know, Division One, you know, uh, FBS to, you know, um, uh, Oklahoma had been, you know, I know Brent had played some three down there right before, you know, his last couple of years there a little bit, but, um, you know, Mike came and, and was four down and, you know, sold out and had guys like Stryker and those those edge guys, you know, they found it easier to recruit guys like that. So that, that they went to the, uh, they went to odd front. So that's, that's, that's one of them. Um, you know, when I first got in, it was the zone blitz, you know, everybody that was the, you know, it was right after Tampa Bay won the Super Bowl, Oklahoma was, um, was, was successful with it. And so everybody in, in their dog was running, you know, NCAA blitz and playing three deep, three under, and it's still very successful today. I mean, we still, you know, run it and um, run run forms of it and um, you know different variations off of it. Um, and, you know, I think the one of the biggest things that I learned, you know, it, it was really my during my Broken Arrow days was, um, you know, how to auto things. You know, you call the front and you you know you get the defense set, but based on where the back is, based on where the um, with a tight end is, or if, you know, if it's formation into the boundary, having an automatic or, um, but just having automatic stunts, not necessarily blitz, not BTFs or blitz in the formation, but having automatic, um, stunts, whether it be pirates or, you know, pops, you know, uh, you know, uh, you know, Texas or, you know, ETs, whatever you want to call them, um, based on where the back is and, and, and teaching your kids throughout the week how to do that. Uh, I think that was one of the things I learned. Um, being with Coach Hall at, at Broken Arrow, and that he had brought from um, from Oklahoma, and so we utilize that more in the four down, and we still do it a little bit, but three down. It's it, the last few years we played a lot of more, a lot more um, without auto in the front. Now a lot of our a lot of our autos or our um, uh, check check stuff was was pressure based, so it was um, you know it was we were going to blitz the back or bingo the back with our pressures based on protection things like that. Uh, you know the it, it's pretty cool when you're an old man like me and you see the evolution you know everybody was when i first came in, in the early 2000s it was you know over and under um you know cover three and and everybody in in over pirate you know cover two the tampa two stuff everybody was 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 some you know version of of tampa you know and and the, the tampa system and um you know it's it's kind of funny to see how, how it's kind of evolved and um, you know, you went, you know, we, we kind of went to the, we went, we were straight four, three and then went four, two, five, you know, as far as adjustments and things like that. And then, um, you know, even our last year at Broken Arrow, we, we tweaked with some, um, some three, four stuff and then got into some playing twos, um, that we got from, uh, Coach Nardo, who's at Emporia now that he had been in Ohio and, um, you know, they, they, they've gotten it from Nebraska, re-attack stuff with the two techniques, which I thought was really good. As a matter of fact, we still, um, we still play uh, play that front, play with those two techniques, really good stuff. And so, and, and then and then finally, you know, the last few years being odd, you know, and, and seeing a, a big shift into into odd defense. But I think, you know, it's it's just, you know, it's it's kind of what Rowdy said earlier. It's the it's out of necessity more than anything. You know, it's personnel based. Obviously, you always want to look at what you're doing structure wise based on your personnel and who you have, but offensively the way people attack you and the, and the, the, you know, as multiple as you have to be and as putting as much speed on the field as you can 
um, versus all the 10 and 11 stuff that you see anymore is, you know, it's, it's vital. So yeah, I, you know, those things, you know, um, and, and I'll tell you the last thing, it's one of my favorites is, um, and, and the, you know, it's not new, I shouldn't say, but it, it's evolved over my life as a coach, uh, is the double a gap stuff on third and long. I think you watch NFL and you watch, you know, you watch some of the teams I was, I was watching Wyoming. I was watching Wyoming versus Iowa today. And Wyoming's kind of that that Tampa Bay, you know, tree. They're they're you know under zone X and and over zone Y and under China and bark and all that terminology at Tampa stuff. But they get into some um, some double A gap stuff and they do an they do an awesome job. Loved watching them. But their their third down double A gap stuff was really good. But I think that's a big evolution. I think that's you know I, I think that's kind of like bear defense. I think it's kind of the special. I think it really forces offenses to look at their protections and figure out how they want to block it. So I think that's really cool to look at and see how different people handle it. You know, some people will you know, full slide it. Some people insert another guy and, and max protect and, you know, either get two or three men out and, you know, it's kind of the cat and mouse game. Well, then uh, the defense is going to bail out and play Tampa, you know, do they, you know, check out of it, blah, 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 blah. So um, I think that's kind of been the, one of the cooler evolutions and seeing how that front has changed at all levels. Um, whether it be high school, college, or NFL over the last few years. I like that you bring up that uh, about bear front. It seemed to me like uh, in the national championship, both teams uh, started using that. And it was kind of cool to see the, the couple different ways they, they would use it and do more of what I would think of as like a traditional bear where you've got a big nose, but they know that they're going to get, with that many good defensive players, they're going to get normally someone soloed up with uh, not as good offense linemen and, you know, in these third and long pressures and be able to pressure that guy. Or they'll, they'd bring up that outside linebacker. They'd bring him in a little bit in bear as the three, and they would run a stunt. And now he's one-on-one -on -one with the center, and the center's got, you know, three yards uh, of play to have to block against an outside line linebacker that's rushing uh, against the center. And uh, it didn't look like it was much fun for the offensive line uh, that night. Uh, no, I didn't feel, I mean, I kind of felt sorry for, but, you know, as good as both of us, I mean, obviously there's great players on both sides on offense, defense for both teams, but the, the guys playing defense that were rushing the passer that night and then were in the, you know, the box area on defense were, um, really good. Uh, I didn't, you know, you had to, you had to feel for the offensive line and as well as they played, um, having to block those guys, but like, yeah, well, I've, uh, recently had the coaches copy of, of both sides watching Bama's defense and Georgia's defense. And obviously, you know, smart being a, a Saban disciple, they do the structure is very similar, um, you know, and, and how they play it. But yeah, a lot of bear, a lot of bear, whether it be four eyes or threes, but like you said, they do it out of the, you know, with the, out of the dime personnel with the, you know, the two traditional ends being the five techniques. And then actually your, your three techniques are the two mug linebackers and, and, running twist games with those guys and um like you said getting you know running the twist a certain way whether it be to the back or away and getting you know the rap guy uh one-on-one -on -one with the guard and, and that guard having to block a, a really good athlete in space and um but you know it was it was amazing when they would just line up in double threes or whatever and just rush four and, and understanding that that three technique is you know one heck of a pass rusher and that guard having to block him you know put a lot of stress on him just because those guys could rush the passer and 
get pressure just you know rushing four sometimes even rushing three and dropping eight what gives you what gives you the most problems as far as as protections in those things do you think full slide gives you the best chance you know i i sat there and i watched you know the usc usc ohio state game and i felt bad for sam darnold i think that game alone probably cost him millions of dollars but honestly, I didn't think the, the O-line coach or the O.C. didn't help him out much. I mean, they're still running insert protection versus double A-gap stuff, and, they're, and the center's just getting yeah. picked the whole time, dude. So, I mean, and, what, and, what, what's some stuff yeah, you and can – they weren't – you know, it's, it's kind of what you guys did at Jinx, Coach. It's, it's when you can move the back across in protection, you don't always set the guy in the same spot protection-wise where we don't always know where the center's going to be, you know, where the center's going to turn, where the back's going to end up. Um, you know, uh, pistol obviously makes it tougher. Um, you know, if people want you know, and, and then in Norman North, Coach Barnes, those guys do a good job of, of uh, always sitting the back end pistol and moving him late, you know. So obviously, you can't blitz the back and things like that. So it becomes, you know, it just becomes a chess match, you know, it becomes a guessing game as far as, um, you know, pressures go, as far as, um, you know, game planning. Um, you know, then sometimes it comes down to game planning personnel, offensive personnel, who's there, you know. If there are a lot of man scheme, who's their worst protector? Who can you get a one-on-one with with your best pass rusher or with a really good blitzer? You know, how can you, how can you, you know, get a twist or a pressure that's going to get your best pass rusher or blitzer one-on-one with one of their weaker protectors? That's sometimes what it comes down to as well. Um, and then you got to see, you know, when people start max protecting, you've got to be able to, and you, you know. If you start, you know, zone dogging them, and and you know you're playing three deep, three under, and you're only bringing five. I mean, that you know, quarterbacks, you know, back there doing his taxes and eating lunch, and he's got all day, you know. So <laughs> you've got to either, you've got to either max blitz and bring one more than they have, and you know, if if my guy blocks, I add blitz and um, things like that. And if you do that, then you've got to be, you know, you've got to feel comfortable outside with your corners that they can play and and hold up and and man coverage, you know, snap after snap, or you've got to show you know, max pressure or zone dog and then be able to get out and rush four and, and twist the front somehow or, um, you know, even drop eight and have, a, um, have one of your, your, uh, your low cut players be the uh, – um, be the, the, you know, you try to knock the quarterback off his mark, make him move right or left, and then your, your, one of your linebackers is, um, you know, the, the spy guy, so to speak. So it's just kind of a guessing game. But I, I think kind of what you guys did um, and, and even – um, you know, talking with Jay, you know, because he would ask me, you know, what, what do you not want to see? And I'm like, well, I don't want to see the back moving across the formation. I want him to stay. If he's lined up on the left, I want him to stay on the left. So that way we can bingo him and we're, you know, we're attacking him in protection. And, and in high school football in Oklahoma, you can't cut. And so, it, you know, if you met, you know, a lot of times backs that we face aren't the greatest pass protectors anyway so even if we don't get two on one on the back if he's to the man side we still feel good if we get one on one because we feel we you know we we still feel that our guy one-on-one against the weakest protector which is you know the running back most of the times um you know you still feel really good about walls what's what's the reason um you see some quarterback guys that that don't like to uh protect across the quarterback's face you know, I don't know. Um, I, I, you know that, that, I don't haven't taught. You know, I don't know why. It's a great question. I don't know why because you know, um, if if you know, I, I, our offense did it at Westmore when I was the head coach, and um, because talking to offensive guys, I'm like, you know, that was one thing on third and long or any kind of drop back, <clears throat> five step drop, 
concept, you know, we've got to move the back. You know, we've either got to, you know, put them in pistol. Um, you know, the negative thing about, you know, pistol protection is, you know, any kind of, you know, double A gap fire or, or crossfire with the, with the two inside guys, you know, immediate in his face, inside pressure, it forces that back to protect in front of the quarterback. So he's got to get downhill quickly. Um, we played Bentonville a few years ago, and they were pistol every snap. And so, um, you know, watching uh, Fayetteville and some of those other teams, the best success they had wasn't you know, they, they didn't bring edge pressure, but it was it was A and B gap pressures and um, forcing that guy to come downhill out of pistol and protect um, and and trying to protect guys. You know, while we're um, you know we're, we're full speed downhill on the run, but that's a good question. I don't know. I don't know what's what um, um, you know what the um, Brady might know you know more than more than I would on that. Well, that's you. You make a great point. I just think you know, guys get so stuck, especially a lot of these air raid guys. You know, it's the old what sixty sixty one protection. You know, they don't want to get out of it. The old two and three jet. Um, there's, I think, a lot of people are scared of of the angle that the back has in case there is edge pressure. So, so say he's working to his left, that's your man side. If for whatever reason the tackle has a guy go under. And now you mm-hmm. got this wide edge, so it becomes a, a tough angle for him to try to be, you know, going laterally rather than downhill meeting him. Which, honestly, to me, I, I think it's easier to handle if you're the quarterback. Edge pressure sucks, but at least you can see safety rotation or you see cover zero. There's there's a lot of things that I think you can you can spit the ball out and you see it a little bit easier. Whereas if stuff is gassing you up the middle, you got no prayer. You know, I mean, you don't want to see any of that A-gap pressure up in your grill. Um, And that's why, I mean, we'd gone to, and like I said, it was just just rubbing me the wrong way. I'm like, I'm watching USC, who you think, you know, should should pick some of these things up. You know, if you're getting double A the whole time and and you want to put your back in the pistol, why not full slide it and then you can still put the back on the edge? At least now you got a prayer. Yeah. And you're not getting – you're not getting – you know, we got a lot of that, you know, and we get a lot of that too out of, out of the double A gap. If we, if we give it a lot of times, if they're in a, if they're in a um, six man protection, then they'll, they'll, uh, they'll, they'll check full slide yep. um, one way or the other. And so like what we had to get to is bringing, we would, we would, we would have to read that, you know, because a lot of teams will bring one backer in the A gap and they'll take one of the three techniques vertical and then they'll read the the, the five technique or the nine, whoever the, that end is. Yes. We'll read the, the widest protector. So if it's like slide and he slides down and they bring the back to that side, the blitzer's outside and the end is under the back. And so if it's mm-hmm. man and that guy fans to him, then he becomes like a – he runs like a text with the yep. three and the mic, you know what I mean? So yep. that's yeah. what we had to get to because we were getting so much, um, so much slide out of that. No, it makes sense. I mean, cause again, you, then you get slide. All right. What's the answer to that? We'll get two off the edge then, you know, find a, find a way to, right. to get, to get two dudes, like you said, on the back. So there's always going to be something, but at least, you know, if you're making the guy adjust and they ain't just <laughs> blitzing a gaps, you know, I mean, at least yeah. now you have a chance, you know, at least, at least twists take a little bit of time, you know, Whereas guys, yeah. guys are getting, guys are getting, you know, straight on, full bore, full gas at the QB and a gap, dude. I mean, you, you're sitting over there as a DC, probably just laughing. You're like, cool. I don't even need another call. <laughs> I don't. Yeah, it's like I don't know how guys stay in it. For, I mean, because I watch guys in the NFL protected. I always thought um, uh, Green Bay, because I was a big Bears guy, and the Bears were a big double A gap um, yeah. front on third and long, and, and stole a bunch of stuff from them watching their film. 
but I always thought Green Bay did a good job with it because they would, um, if they had a um, uh, yeah. a tight end or a, a, a sniffer in the game, they, they put would the put sniffer right in the egg, yeah. <laughs> yeah, right in the egg. And they, if they had a back, and if, let's say there was a, like a 10 personnel set, they would put the tailback in the egg gap, like right there next to the center, like he was the sniffer. And so I always thought they had a, a, a really good plan um, for the for the double egg gap stuff. That's that's awesome. And to me, the, the worst plan is not having a plan, and that comes back to coaching. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, we'll, we'll six man protect it, coach. We're good. You know, we'll go we'll go man sword and, and roll. All right, coach. Good luck, man. <laughs> all right, you better get it. We'll, all right, we'll, better get a second we'll quarterback back, warming we'll up. Back on their mic with a with a five yard head start. Sounds good. <laughs> <laughs> coach Gaylor, you obviously know uh, you know a lot about defense, and you as you've said, it's from studying it a bunch, and you've got a lot of time to um, that you devote to watching football and, and getting ready for games and practice, and it's just something that you love to do. How do you decide how much of that you give to some of your players that, you know, some of them don't even watch games on Sundays, I'm sure. Um, you know, I've run into a lot of kids like that that maybe aren't eating up with it as much, nearly as much as, as you're able to be. How do you decide how much to put on their plate and, and how much to kind of keep back and, and just kind of keep on yours? I think it's how much you get in the offseason. I think at Broken Air, I learned that. Um, you know, I learned it before at NEO. Um, you know, at Wagner, it was a little different, smaller school um, when I was there. Um, but at Broken Air, I really learned it And um, from SPAV is, um, you know, knowledge of the game and, and being, you know, teaching your kids in the offseason, you know, defense and, um, um, you know, um, you know, letting them know, you know, like, cause in the off season for now, like we, we, we've started meeting and um, so we'll start giving quizzes. So we'll start calling guys up on the board here in the next couple of weeks and they've got to answer questions. And if they don't, then there'll, there'll be some um, um, physical activity that they're going to have to do because they didn't get it, you know, such as some, maybe a couple extra stadiums or some laps, things like that. Um, and so you, you kind of, it's kind of like you said, there's may not be guys that are ate up with it the way coaches are, but you've got to impress upon them the importance of it. And I don't think you throw everything in the kitchen sink at them, but, you know, you've, they've got to speak the same language you do on defense. They've got to know what spread plus is. They've got to know what double slot minus is. They've got to know, you know, what pro near plus is or, or a, a twin open far plus. They've got to know those things. They've got to be able to speak your language. Um, because when they come off on the sidelines and you're watching the film now that, that we've got iPads on the sidelines, they've got to be able to, you know, um, you got to be able to say, hey, when they're in pro trip here, okay, we need to be in noose. And they've got to know what pro trip is. You know, they, well, coach, that's tight end trips. No, it's not tight end. It's pro trip. That's what we call it in our language. That's what we call it. So I think you've got to teach them the language and you've got to teach them also how to watch film. You know, there's some just some basic stuff that you can give them some basic forms and Steve Patterson and Enio had some cool forms that were just very simple that um, kind of taught them how to watch the game. You know, it, asked, it, it would ask them, you know, how many receivers are in the game? How many, you know, um, what's the, um, you know, is it single width formation? Is it double width? Just some basic, basic questions that they could, you know, that forced those guys. And they had to do um, two video sheets a week on a game. Um, and, it, it, you know, kind of made those guys um, watch film and kind of taught them how to, how to watch film with our guys. You know, just throughout our meeting time, un teaching them how to watch film and how to go through a meeting. You know, it's 
we were so young last year when we started meeting at this time last year, you know, we had nine new guys coming back. Um, we ended up starting six sophomores at one point in the season. So we were very young, but getting them to understand how to meet and when we watch defense. So, you know, we would call, okay, we're in Oki, Miami, call the front, you know? And so each position you want to hear your mic going, okay, right, right, right. You know, 20, 20, 20, as far as what our alignments are, you want to hear the D lineman shouting, you know, um, first and 10, first and 10, 20, 20, 20, or 10, 10, 10, depending on what kind of formation it is. Is it a 10 set? Is it a 20 set? That's their responsibility pre-snap. You want to hear your back end guy saying, you know, palms open, you know, cloud, whatever, you know, whatever coverage, um, you know, it should be in, in Miami's palms. So you should hear your DBs saying palms if they've got, you know, two detached receivers there. So you just want to, you want your guys actively watching film and understanding, um, you know, even if you're watching, you know, another defense play, you know, playing your opponent that you're going to play, they can look at that offensive set and know how we're going to line up. And um, by Thursday, they should be able to call the defense. You know, it's like I told our guy, are, are the best groups I've been around, they can call the defense on Thursdays. We can go out there, it's first and 10. Okay, let's call it, you know, stack, um, you know, uh, stack palms or, um, um, you know, um, you know, over. Uh, over kings or what i mean you know uh, you know feel tough ram you know our your, your guys should be able to call it on thursday so i think it's a lot of it is how you teach it because you're exactly right a lot of guys um you know that are 16 years old but you know they may have other interests you know um other than <laughs> other than coming home on a friday night and watching football like they're you know like their coaches do you know so um but I also, you know, the, the cool thing on Huddle too is you can you can monitor, you know, how much film your guys are watching over a seven day period. And so, um, you know, we make it an emphasis that you know we'll pull it up in meetings, or um, Coach Gaylor will print it off and put it in their locker, or Coach Gaylor will send them a text message or a message on Huddle about how much film they have or have not watched um, over that seven day period. So um, you let them know that it's important, and if it's important to you, it's going to be important for them if they want to. Um, if they want to be a part of the unit and they want to play. So um, I think you can overload them though, Rowdy, kind of like what you were saying, how you got to pick and choose how much to give them. Um, in spring, we kind of, and in early fall, we do the, we throw everything in the kitchen sink at them. And then when we get into game week, you know, our call sheet's pretty small, you know, but we have practiced certain situations. We practice fronts or movements or, you know, we're not a big bear team, but we install bear. And so if there's a situation that calls for us to, to get into bear based on run game or, or uh, protection schemes, you know, we can run and our guys are familiar with it because we've gone through it, even though we don't, you know, we may not have done it that week. We still have the ability to, um, you know, have plan B, you know, if plan A is not working, we've got um, some other things in the arsenal. I think it's great that you mentioned um, you, you guys talk about how to watch film with, with your kids because, um, it was something even in college and to me that I didn't think coaches did a very good job of teaching us how to watch film. And I, I, I've, you know, kind of go against the grain with offensive linemen that uh, we've gotten to, to the point where we don't, we don't watch a ton of film on, on the other team as a group of with the kids. You know, I watch a ton of film. I know what's going to happen. And as an offensive guy with offensive line, I think I can put them in the situations they need to see in practice to prepare them. But um, when I saw it in college, you know, you had coaches wanting us to watch whatever, 12, 15 hours of film and never told us what we should be looking at. You know? yeah. and what I'm you were looking for. Like, well, what, what am I looking for? And they're like, well, what's their best move? And I'm like, 
I, I don't know what it's, it's whatever, it's whatever their best move is, but they can do other moves. So what am I doing? You know, but I, I know it's more important for defenses, but um, I think that is really a, an important point you brought up is actually teaching your kids how to watch film, not just say, Hey, go watch 10 hours of film and they're wasting time thinking, what am I doing? And it doesn't have to be, they don't need to know, you know, the exotics and all that, but they need to know, you know, of the, uh, of, you know, Union versus Jinx, and we're watching Union's offense. You know what was their, you know what was their most successful play versus Jinx? Because watching Jinx, Jinx is very structurally similar to us up front. So, you know, if they're going to have success against Jinx, they're going, you know, you know, running, you know, um, you know, pin and pull or something. You know, it, it's it's you know, then the likelihood of them running it versus us is is very high, even though you know, um, different different defenses, but structurally, you know, they're going to run a lot of the same thing. So. Um, having you guys understand that as well, I think it's I think it's huge. I think it's under I think it's undercoached. I think how you meet with your guys and um, you know how you you know how they watch film and how they are you know you want them actively watching film you know and and being vocal and not just asking questions but you give them a call they should be able to call the front what it, what the check is um, et cetera et cetera. I think I think that's um, I think you got to teach your guys how to do that. Coach, you talked a little bit about, you know, your, your spring practices and some of your, your early fall installs. I, I assume you guys get some pretty good, uh, good on good scenarios during those practices. You know, what, what are your favorite good on good practice segments? How often do you like to do them? How long could you share with uh, some of our listeners a little bit about that good on good? Yeah, I like, and, and coach Dombeck does a great job of it here. Um, he probably does as good a job of, uh, of it as, as anywhere I've been. So, you know, on, on um, uh, Wednesdays, we do a ton of good on good situations. We do ones and twos, good on good. You know, we do uh, red zone, we do goal line, we do, um, you know, third downs, uh, various down and distance. Uh, he calls it third and down back because he'll just shout out a, you know, a distance on third down and, and, and you just play. And so it's a lot of competition on that day and you get a lot of competition during the week, which is really good. My two favorite though are, are team blitz because um, blitzing too. on scouts, you just don't you don't get it. And so um, when your offense blocks you, you're going to get a, a good look at, at how you know because there's a lot of you know similar protections. Um, they're gonna, you know they're going to be you know pretty pretty much the same. You know there's a lot of you know man sort you know full slide insert the back you know um, uh, uh, four man slide and you know, four one slide where they insert the back to the weak side away from the slide and, and lock the, the tackle on the backside. So there's a lot of carryover. And so you get full speed looks. Your guys are going full speed and they get blocked. You know, they don't just run free like they do on, on you know, versus a, a scout team look. And then inside run, you know, it's, it's it, that's probably my favorite. You know, even though I'm, you know, came up a DB and, and a safety, I understand, you know, that's – I heard uh, Coach a long time ago say you, you, you know, games are won on the inside run. You know, I, even now with all the RPO stuff, I, I think it's a toughness thing. You know, even, um, you know, I've heard different ways of doing it. Um, Pinkle and those guys at Missouri, um, they used to, you know, the defense couldn't, you know, they couldn't have a free hitter, you know, an inside run. So it made it difficult on the defense. And so they kept score and um, it was a pretty cool deal. It was, you know, Defensively, you you know, a guy had to beat a block and, and make a play, and so it kind of stressed them out, you know. And then, um, you know, other ways of of you know lining up the way you're going to line up on a Friday night or a Saturday afternoon, and you know, 
the the free safety or the the strong safety or the nickel, whoever that extra guy is that the offense would maybe throw off of or throw fast screen because he's in the box. Um, you know, it's a it's a toughness drill for the offense because you're like, guys, if we get you know we get four yards, that's like a touchdown because they've got you know. Coach Wilkinson will tell you we had 12 guys in the box, you know, an inside run. He gets, you know, him and the old line guys would get so fired up. But, um, you know, like at Westmore, I told our offense, listen, guys, we're going we're gonna to line up the way we line up on a Friday night, you know. And if you get, you know, yeah, we can throw off that overhang or whatever. But here's the deal. If you get four yards against being outnumbered by, you know, maybe plus two, depending on what the formation is, that's a hell of a deal for you guys. So it became, became more like a toughness deal. And I think it is, you know, offensively. And I think it's, you know, it's a toughness deal for your down guys and your linebacker guys. I think it, it teaches, um, you know, obviously run fits. That's the number one thing for us defensively. But also, you know, certain guys are going to target me on certain run plays. Um, and wh- how do I play those blocks? Because, you know, what kind of um, block protection do I employ? Is it a rip? Is it a stymie? Um, is it what we call a punch technique where it's um, I've got to put that offensive. It's an inside zone, but that lineman, is um, he's front side of me. He's in my gap, so I've got to put put him in my gap. So I just think inside run is huge. I think it's a it's a toughness deal more than anything. Speaking of Jazz, uh, he he likes to say that now you guys did something really similar while he was at Broken Arrow. But every time it was third down, that it was third and thirty. Um, I don't see that, that that could be true. That every time it was third and thirty, is that really what happened? No, there was a lot of. I mean, Coach Spath put. <laughs> put Coach Wilk in a lot of tough situations, first and 20 and things like that. But there was, you know, there was third and two, you know, drill or, or red zone drill or, uh, you know, uh, uh, we had a one drill that was really cool. That it was second down. And, and we did it when you were in high school, right? It would, it would be second eight and then play it. So, like, it'd be second and eight. If they gained, you know, offense gained four yards, it was third and four. You know, or if they lost two yards, it was third and ten. So, I always thought that was a cool drill. But. No, Coach Coach Jazz, he's kind of like the fish gets bigger type deal as you get older. With That's that kind of like, you know, Coach Gaylor's in the box, and then you know, you know, we'd have you know ninety eight guys in the box versus their you know <laughs> ten personnel set, you know. So I think as he gets older, the fish kind of gets bigger type deal on that on on that. Yeah, that that's kind of what I figured was going on. Um, Hey, you've, you've shared a lot with us, Coach, and you've shared um, any time I've ever been around and people have asked you, you've been pretty much an open book, even, you know, on the pod, you know, on the podcast today, you've even talked about some of the names you call things. Um, I'm assuming, you know, you've been to speak at a lot of clinics. How do you decide just how much you're willing to share with other coaches? Um, you know, how open can you be with these other coaches and how do you decide to be so open with these coaches? Yeah, I think you, you, I mean, you, you don't give them everything because I mean, you know, when I, if, 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 uh, um, if, if Dub Maddox or Brady Walls or Jay Wilkinson or, um, you know, um, Brent Barnes or somebody that we're going to play speaking at a clinic, I'm probably going to be there and I'm going to take notes and, um, whether they give me the whole package or not, I'm going to pick up something, um, in that clinic while listening to them speak and talk. And so that's just natural, the guys you play. So I think you've got to be somewhat guarded, um, when you're, when you're talking in Oklahoma and you know that you know, the jinx staff's going to be their broken arrow staff or, or whatever. So, um, but you know, when, when my brother left broken arrow, he was, a, um, he coached with me and then he went to Bixby as the defense coordinator. You know, we completely overhauled our package. Um, you know, as far as how we, our terminology, you know, we, we changed coverages and our blitzes and just everything. 
um, because he'd been there with us for, for a couple of years. But, um, you know, I think a lot of that gets a little bit, you know, I think, you know, a lot of what you call things is kind of over, you know, overhyped. It's not, it's not as important as, as how you teach it. You know, I think guys can get a playbook and still not know how to, you know, what, what, how to run a defense or, or an offense or what gives, you know, the, the, the defense problems or, or the offense problems. Um, but I think you, you know, obviously you guys know what gives quarters problems. You guys know, you know, how to defeat zone blitz and, um, you guys know what the, you know, uh, how to attack the bubble in, in a four man front. And, um, you know, so those things are just, you know, it's, it's just kind of, if you're a football coach, kind of know those things. And so I think what really makes you unique as a coach or, or if something special, I think it's in, in how you teach it. So, um, you want to, you know, you want to help other coaches as you can and you know, as much as you can, but, um, you know, also you got to keep some of those things in your back pocket because learn from a, a, an old coach a long time ago, you know, either you're going to be a, um, you know, either that guy's going to be competing for a job with you or you're going to be competing on them, you know, with them on the field. So you just got to be guarded in, in, in some aspects, but, but also try to help them out as much as much you can. I know you'd, you'd help me out the, the day I'd, I'd come over there to, to Broken Arrow in uh, 2012. We played Norman North because, you know, you guys had already kind of played them. And I think, you know, it said a lot about you, how, how open and how much you did help us because a lot of the stuff that, you know, you had told us we, we had put in the game plan. And I think we had like five picks against those guys. So, you know, I was always really appreciative and always, you know, thought that was a really honorable thing that, that you did. You didn't have to do that, but you know you did it. And I know you weren't giving away everything because we were still going to compete against each other, but at the same time, there was still kind of that mutual respect there where it's like, you know, Adam, I think you're a really good defensive coach and I think you could help us out. And I really appreciated it from that point. Well, it's, it's the respect I had for, for you and, and Dub and, and Coach Trim. And I mean, it, as, a, as a young coach, you know, coming up and, and watching Coach Trimble and, and then getting the chance to compete against him and you guys, it was, you know, he was always, always gracious. He was always great to me. Um, you know, a couple times he, you know, Jinx was really good and the old Westmore uh, Jaguars weren't very good and, and they could have probably, you know, named their number on the scoreboard. And, um, you know, Coach Trimble was very gracious in how that game was um, when we played them. You know, and even that our first year there, um, you you were at Broken Arrow, but um, yeah. them just after it's really good. And, and Stoner was, a, I think that was his junior year. Yeah. Um, but Jinx was really good, but we were both undefeated coming into that game and Jinx got after us and we had the green kid that went to Oklahoma and, and we were, you know, the West side hope or whatever coming into that game. Um, but Jinx got after us and, and, you know, coach Tremble, um, you know, you guys, Jinx, uh, broke a long run there towards the end. I don't remember what the score, I think it was like 44 to seven or 44 to nothing. They, I mean, it's, it's, it's two or three minutes left. And so they can just run inside zone and, and have a great chance to score. And, um, you know, they end up taking a knee, you know, and, and I know, um, you know, that's, you know, some guys wouldn't do that. Some guys would, you know, Hey, you know, it's your fault. You're not good enough. You know, we're just, the only thing you gotta do is get better and stop us, but just very grateful, um, for how coach Trimble conducts himself and, um, you know, just the, you know, just the honorable type guy he is, but it, it, you know, always competing against him when I was at broken arrow, he always had, um, he was always very, um, pleasant and always had uh, nice things to say um even though we were only able to beat beat you guys once i think when i was there but uh 
um, you know, he was, he was always very, very respectful, always had nice things to say about defensively what we did. Coach, kind of winding this thing down, uh, last two questions. Uh, the one I always ask defensive coaches is, uh, you can have one All-American that you're choosing on your defense. Uh, you get to make them in Madden, basically, and throw them on your defense. Uh, what position are you going to put them at? Uh, what level of football am I playing? Am I, am I professional? Am I college? Or am I high school? High school. High school. Um, I would probably say – I would say if you could, it's, either, it's either safety. And, and if you could get them – I would take – I wouldn't even have to create him on Madden. I would take the kid from Owasso that's going to Ohio State, and he would be he would be my strong safety, my field safety, and could even play some nickel uh, stuff. Um, or you mix um, a guy like Zach Beach with um, uh, DeAndre Thomas, uh, and 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 have a dominant defensive lineman that that was versatile, that could rush the passer, but also could play some two cap stuff. Uh, it would it would either be one it would be one A and one B. Perfect. Uh, and then I'm sure you'd take both of them if, if that was the choice, too. <laughs> yeah, heck yeah, man. All those dominant, fast guys I could get, man, absolutely. And then the last thing I wanted to leave off with was kind of what I ask everybody, but um, when you're watching another team's offensive line and, and you're, you're scouting them, uh, what would that offensive line, what would you see in that offensive line that would make you think really highly of that offensive line coach? How they, how they run blocks and how they finish, you know, how they, they play through the echo of the whistle. You know, not are they cheap, are they, you know, not, not that, but you can, you know, guys are, are they're, they're borderline playing through the whistle. You know, they play through the echo of the whistle and, you know, that, uh, that, uh, that plus three rule that Urban Meyer talks about, you know, how do, they, how do they run block and how do they, you know, how do they finish blocks? So are they, they finish with authority and, and snap in and snap out? Are they doing that? Um, that's, that's, you know, and, and I guess one B of that would be, um, and watching the old, uh, union O-lines and jinx O-lines in particular is, is how they block like zone blitzes and, and pirates and, and front movements and things like that. I always thought that both of those units always did a great job of, of blocking all of our stuff. You know, I, I would think we would have things schemed up and, 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 and those guys always had a, had a plan for us seemed of. Uh, have done a good job of repping it that week and, and having an answer for it. So, um, you know, being able to pick up, you know, some exotic stuff or some different um, different stuff that you may not see every week. And, and just bottom line, how do they how do they run block and finish blocks? You know, playing through the echo of the whistle. You watch you watch an offensive line that all five of them you know block through the echo of the whistle and are nasty blocking the run game. You're going to be in for a long night. Perfect. Well, uh, Coach Gaylor, sorry for taking up so much of your time, but but we really appreciate it, man. And and I got to learn learn a ton from tonight. Well, I appreciate you guys, man. It was awesome to, to talk ball with you guys, and and anytime, man. I always love to to talk football and and would at the drop of a hat. All right. Well, we'll have to do it again, man. We need to get more of these defensive guys on here. These are the these are the guys that understand ball, if you ask me. All the weirdos, man. If you get a bunch of. Uh, bunch of defensive guys and O-line guys. We'll get it all figured out. That's going to do it for this episode of the RTP Podcast. I want to give another huge thank you to our sponsor, Team Attack Academy. Go check them out at their website, which you can Google or see in the show notes. Help us out by rating our podcast in the Apple Podcast app or on the Google Play app. If you enjoy Running the Power, go get your shirt free of shipping at runthepower.com. Also, if you have any topics or any questions you would like us to discuss in the next podcast, simply rate our podcast and then leave a comment in the writer review section of the podcast app. 
review the podcast really quick for us, then leave your question or topic. This will help our podcast rating as well as allow us to answer the questions you all want answered. Make sure and go check out our blog at runthepower.com. Follow me on Twitter at Harper underscore Coach and Coach Walls at Coach Brady Walls. Talk to you guys soon.